Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, What Does Romans Chapter 13 Say About Motivation to Godly Conduct? I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, January 24th, our study of the second of three topics found in Romans chapter 13 was posted. It was our examination of the topic titled, Exhortation to Love Neighbors. We found that love solves a lot of problems. It mitigates many of today's ills found in global humanity. However, what is this love and where can it be found? How can we human forms possess such a love that the world we live in today needs so desperately? Our answer may not have been easy for us given the inward change it requires for the outward expression of such love. This week, we will look at Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Our new subject in these verses is motivation to godly conduct. There is actually a motivation to godly conduct? What could that possibly be? Let us dig in to find the answers to these questions. Our verses read, Also this, Know the time that it is now the hour for you to be aroused from sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we believed. The night is far gone, and the day has drawn near. Then let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the weapons of the light. Let us walk becomingly, as in the day, not in carousings and drunkenness, not in cohabitation and lustful acts, not in fighting and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not take thought beforehand for the lusts of the flesh. From Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14, in Green's literal translation. So, with that last passage in this scripture chapter, referred to by pastors and teachers, as a subject on legalism and pandemic life, where do we see either with the force others say it with? You can make this passage address these two things, but without forcing scripture, where are they? I have even seen pastors on many video platforms make claims about this passage without ever opening up a Bible to prove what these pastors are saying. It should be clear at this point, this passage, this chapter, does not blatantly address either claim of legalism or pandemic life. Only on the subject of legalism is there some small footing. However, 
The passage speaks in a manner that is not so definite with regard to legalism being a topic of discussion. While discussed in the first seven verses, it is more about where we draw the line between observing man's law and God's law instead. We refuse to observe man's law due to how it conflicts with God's law. God's law being the higher law, period. Maybe there is something we do not see yet in this last passage portion. Maybe something is a total surprise, or maybe not at all. So let us dig deeper. This scripture portion opens with knowing the time we are living in. It opened with, also this, knowing the time. So there are those, according to this portion of Scripture, who know the time. On this verse, 11, commentary reads, And that knowing the time, that is day and not night, the gospel day, the day of salvation, in which the grace of God shines forth like the sun, S-U-N, in its meridian glory. Life and immortality are brought to light. Righteousness and salvation are revealed. And so a time not for sloth and sleep, but business, in which the saints should be active in the exercise of grace and discharge of duty, owing no man anything but the debt of love, and that the dawn of grace and day of spiritual light had broken in upon their souls and dispelled the darkness of sin, ignorance, and unbelief, that the darkness was past, and the true light shined, and the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness was risen on them, all which they full well knew and were conscious of, and therefore should observe. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible Commentary further states, Knowing the time, taking a proper estimate of the time, taking just views of the shortness and the value of time, of the design for which it was given, and of the fact that it is, in regard to us, rapidly coming to a close, and still further considering that the time in which you live is the time of the gospel, a period of light and truth, when you are particularly called to lead holy lives, and thus to do justly to all. The previous time had been a period of ignorance and darkness, when oppression and falsehood and sin abounded. This, the time of the gospel, when God had made known to men his will that they should be pure. From Barnes' New Testament Notes That is a lot, so let us examine this commentary by breaking it down into more understandable parts. John Gill's commentary opened with this, and that knowing the time, that it is day and not night, the gospel day, the day of salvation, 
in which the grace of God shines forth, like the sun in its meridian glory. Life and immortality are brought to light, righteousness and salvation are revealed, and so a time not for sloth and sleep, but business in which the saints should be active in the exercise of grace and discharge of duty, owing no man anything but the debt of love. Notice how this commentary passage opens, a complete sentence, and that knowing the time. Do you know the time you live in? Do you know Bible prophecy so you can mark the time? This, like many prophecy elements in the Bible, has a now and then means of fulfillment. What do I mean by that statement? Now and then? Now is the current time. In the now, we can see a partial fulfillment of Bible prophecy, not in its fullness, but a fair amount. This partial fulfillment could be thought of as a warning that the full Bible prophecy is going to come to pass. The very real and total fulfillment of any Bible prophecy regarding the future, near or far, will not be anything like the partial fulfillment used of God as a warning to us who are saved in Christ, or not. By the same token, we should not be frightened by either the partial or total fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Prophecy fulfillment, partial or total, is a signal to us who know Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives that time is getting short. Meaning, we need to wake from both social slumber and overall ignorance. We need to witness to those who remain unsaved in this late hour. Look at the parable of the ten virgins or bridesmaids. It is found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, respectively. The verse flow may vary depending on your Bible translation. We examined this parable in depth a while ago. So simply put now, these bridemaids had some understanding of when the groom would come, even though the exact time was not known at all. The delay that is a part of Christ, our bridegroom, coming for us, should not disappoint us and cause our excitement to wane or even disappear altogether. This was previously spoken of by Christ in Matthew 24, verse 12, where it read, And because lawlessness will increase so much, the love of many will grow cold. We cannot let this happen to us regardless of how lawlessness rears its ugly head in the days to come. We have already seen a great degree of lawlessness in the United States alone. Lawlessness, however, is happening around the globe. Just check your news sources. It should also be noted, in the book of Matthew, 
chapters 23, 24, and 25 are all one text. The subject matter changes little, and therefore the subject changes very little, making these three chapters one teaching, that being the simple explanation. We should also note from the John Gill Commentary passage the following, that it is day and not night, the gospel day, the day of salvation, in which the grace of God shines forth like the sun, S-U-N, in its meridian glory. Life and immortality are brought to light. Righteousness and salvation are revealed. Notice that we should not be looking ahead for something better. Today is the gospel day, not the fairly current yesterday or further past in time, not tomorrow, someday. No, today is the gospel day, right now and not any other time. If we argue about this, we just run in circles and accomplish nothing. To me, that sounds like the work of the enemy stifling God's body of people into doing nothing but arguing with each other so they are not winning souls for Christ. We cannot get lost in circular thinking and or arguing because our enemy, the devil, wins when we are held powerless by Circular thinking and or arguing about things and scripture interpretation. Again, today is the gospel day. We need to wake and get going. We need to put more effort into knowing scripture ourselves so we spend less time arguing with each other and more time witnessing to those unsaved. John Gill's commentary also said, This is a time not for sloth and sleep, but business in which the saints should be active in the exercise of grace and discharge of duty, owing no man anything but the debt of love. We either find reasons or make reasons why we cannot be about God's business. Today, the pandemic is the best reason, in some minds, to sit idle until something here changes or we are called home since the time is closer than it ever has been. Yet, what did this commentary passage say? It reads again, a time not for sloth and sleep, But business. Unlike the days and years of the flu pandemic, we have more means of communication at our disposal. In the flu pandemic, you could only call someone if you even had a telephone, you wrote someone, or you spoke with them in person. That's it. Today, we have several means of communication with the Internet or World Wide Web as a common source supporting the many ways to connect electronically. We also have cell phones which did not exist in the flu pandemic, along with all other electronic means of communication we now have today. 
Remember, the cell phone is a handheld access point for many other means of communication besides phone calls. Yet, today's people of God seem ignorant of what using these tools to access the world around them means to their ability to witness even in a pandemic. So many of them sit idly by on the sidelines. Are you poor enough that owning such tools is not possible? What about giving time handing out food to those who need it? What opportunities would that provide you with regard to a gentle and quick witness to others who need, and in some cases want, because they are unsaved and need something that provides the direction they are looking for. Despite this pandemic, despite your financial situation, witnessing is possible. Think of these pandemic days as God scattering His church as He was known to do in older days and times in the Old Testament. He may well have pushed us off our comfy cushion to an uncomfortable place to witness one last time before we go from this world and the tribulation period becomes reality for those left behind. Let us look at verse 12 in our passage. It reads, The night is far gone, and the day has drawn near. Then let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the weapons of the light. Commentary reads, The night is far spent, not of Jewish darkness, which was gone, and was succeeded by the gospel day, nor of former ignorance in Gentilism and unregeneracy, for that was past, and the true light shined much less of security in the latter day, which was not yet come on, rather of persecution and distress for Christ's sake. But it is best of all to understand it of the present time of life. So it is called by the Jews, quote, This world is like to the night, end quote, and which, in the best of saints, is attended with imperfection and darkness, errors and mistakes in principle and practice, in doctrine and conversation. However, it is far spent, and in a little time will be over. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible It seems, according to John Gill, that the night is far spent, night referring to the darkness we live in because of sin. Sin is darkness, and Christ's love is light. Notice Commentary's opening comment. The night is far spent, not of Jewish darkness, which was gone, and was succeeded by the gospel day. So we are in the gospel day, and not in some figurative or real day. The gospel is at hand for us to use every day. Yet. How often do God's people use the gospel day to spread the gospel so many would be saved unto Christ? What are you doing to spread the gospel even in pandemic days? 
if you have a problem with this interpretation of the night and the gospel day, notice this commentary passage. The word night in the New Testament is used to denote night literally, the starry heavens, and then it denotes a state of ignorance and crime, and is synonymous with the word darkness, as such deeds are committed commonly in the night. From Barnes New Testament Notes So while night is exactly what we first think of, here in Scripture, it refers to, quote, a state of ignorance and crime, and is synonymous with the word darkness, as such deeds are committed commonly in the night, end quote. So here, night is meant in this fashion rather than referring to that time of darkness when most people go to bed for sleep. The day we are talking about is here defined in commentary this way. The full splendors and glory of redemption in heaven. Heaven is often thus represented as a place of pure and splendid day. Revelation chapter 21, verses 23, 25, chapter 22, verse 5. The times of the gospel are represented as times of light. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2, verses 19, verse 20, etc. But the reference here seems to be rather to the still brighter glory and splendor of heaven as the place of pure, unclouded, and eternal day. From Barnes New Testament Notes Hopefully that gives a clearer understanding of what is meant here in Scripture for night and day. It is not about the immediate night and day, we all are familiar with. It is not about the darkness caused by sin and the daytime which we now operate in to preach the good news of the gospel. The last two verses say, Let us live decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in discord and jealousy. Instead, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to arouse its desires. Romans chapter 13, verses 13 through 14. We can understand these last two verses this way. Not in rioting, drunkenness, not in chambering, wantonness, not in strife and envying, contention and quarrels, which are usually the consequences of luxury and uncleanliness. This passage and next from the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. So, remember, this is our previously named commentary which says it best. Let us walk honestly as in the day, being under the day of the gospel dispensation and the day of grace having dawned and the day star of spiritual light and knowledge being risen in our hearts, and we being exposed to the view of all men in broad daylight, ought not to lay down and sleep, but to arise and be active, and walk decently with the armor of light on us, and because the gospel of Christ, 
not naked and unclothed, which would expose us and the gospel to shame and contempt. In these pandemic days, what are you doing to spread the gospel in whatever way is possible given your particular circumstances? Next week, we will look at the book of Titus in our first ever Easter series. We have examined Easter in a four-week study in the past. This year, we are doing a more in-depth study to promote spiritual growth. Titus, we believe, gives us what is a good study for this purpose in this leading to Easter. Play or download next week's episode, Titus, The Salutation and Task, from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is also found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. If you would rather search for us, please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church. To find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, U.S. time. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.